Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Jefferson Mason from Dr. Dish Basketball, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Mason. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with my man, Jefferson Mason from Dr. Dish. What's up, Jeff? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, plugging away. I think everybody's on the same page, but happy, healthy, family's doing well, so I can't complain. Oh, man, brother, me either. I keep telling uh, uh not only my wife, but I talked to a few coaches this week and did some podcasts, and I said the same thing. I'm still truly blessed. Uh, we're all healthy. No one's sick. Um, I'm still able to work full time, um, even though my wife isn't. That's but that's okay. We still have a roof over our head. I got a doctor dish in the backyard, so I get to train with my son every day. Yes, sir. <laughs> and um, man, we couldn't be any happier and any more blessed. I mean. Like I tell my son now, he's got a lot of friends in our community. They they live in these really beautiful homes. They drive some very expensive uh, luxury cars, you know, and I just got my regular Honda and this and that. I go, but guess what? They don't have a backyard like you and they don't have a doctor dish. <laughs> That's right. No, those things are uh, crucial right now. I, I know even just um, on our social media, we get a lot of people that are sending us cool videos and and pictures of their kids, uh, you know, using the dish in the backyard, creative ways, getting shots up, staying ready and training. So uh, for those, you know, kids and families that are fortunate enough to get one, it's definitely a game changer right now. I, I would agree. It was really funny um, for me. Uh, I didn't tell my wife I was buying one. So I just <laughs> bought it. And uh, it was funny because when it got delivered, she was like, what is this? And um, she understood what it was. And obviously she sees this big piece of equipment. She wants to know the price. And well, by then I already had to tell her and okay. she just was like, could not believe it. But then, like I said, my, our son, when we bought it, he was 12. So I say, by the time he's 18, do the math, look at what we can get out of this and how much growth your son can get and confidence wise. And then by then you could sell it and they are still retailing on the use size for X amount of dollars. And right. so then she was okay with that after the afterwards. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the machines hold their value for a long time. They're built to last. And, you know, obviously we have great customer service as well. So we make sure that, you know, everybody that has a machine is up to, up to speed and they're doing okay. But like you said, I mean, it really is an investment if you think about what your what you want 
for your kids or the opportunities that you, you know, you want to present to them um, in ev- anything that you do, whether that's basketball, other sports, if that's school, um, if that's time, whatever it is, it's going to cost, there's going to be an investment in it. And, you know, for kids to be able to, to you know, get a shooting machine and get the reps up, the, the most important thing I always say is the confidence piece about around it. Because one thing that a lot of kids are lacking these days because of maybe the pressure of parents or, or from coaches or from social media and outside sources is confidence. And when you're getting a ton of reps up, when you're seeing success, when you can just go put the work in over time, you know, that confidence starts to build. And when that confidence builds, you start to have a lot, a lot, a lot of fun with it. And that's when it becomes a game changer. So, um, you know, every, every player, every kid, every parent, their experience and how they use the machine is different, but you know, it's really cool to see the families coming together, getting out there, getting shots up, doing challenges, you know, working out together, especially during this, you know, this crazy time. Right now you touched on confidence and what's funny is that was one of my questions near the end of our conversation today, but I want to get into it now since you brought it up. I feel, for one, how do kids, besides Dr. Dish, um, build confidence? Um, I know that that mental side is really tough on players, and it's it's very much like an emotional roller coaster because the game has a lot of ups and downs. If your shot's not on one day or for a few weeks, you know, you, you might be riding that pine, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so how, how do kids obviously get a mental toughness and confidence one? And the second part of my question I would like to ask you is, do you feel the AAU side is killing kids confidence because they're playing at such a high level in so many games? And I'm just being frank. I have club basketball teams, but we, we don't play in the, on that spectrum of AAU, like the big circuits, but do you feel that the coaches and the parents, kill kids confidence because all they see is wins so they handcuff kids on not giving them a green light at such a young age yeah definitely i mean you know it's crazy because you can almost answer you know both of those questions the same and similar way but i'll touch on the first part you know building confidence can come in a lot of different ways and a lot of it depends on who the player is um the type of kid they are how they're raised their family so on and so forth but for me especially when i come in I think the most important thing that um, you know their parents can do to to help them have confidence is help build that with them Um, you know and that starts with positive criticism positive construction and then also complimenting uh, kids and players you know I, I see a lot of dads that will come down hard on their kids all the time and they're not doing it because they don't like their kid um, or, you know, they're trying to be mean. They're doing it because they, they notice something that they want to correct or they want to help them so badly. But what they don't understand is that's actually breaking the kid down piece by piece if you don't do it the right way. <laughs> and so I always tell parents, make sure you mix in some positive things in there. Make sure that you're, you're acknowledging the small silver line successes that your kids are having because what that does is it builds confidence within them. And so then moving forward, when when a player is going through a tough stretch, whether that's uh, a two-week stretch where they're not making shots or maybe their coach is coming down on them or maybe teammates or fans, 
they'll understand that they can find small things, positives and small things that will help them stay positive, confident and going. And the greatest of the greats that have have that mental capacity will always say, hey, I'm focused on the next play. Uh, You know, I'm not worried about the miss shot, this, that and so forth, you know, and they've mastered that ability to do that. But it started from somewhere. Now, don't get me wrong here. Uh, you know, anybody's confidence can be rattled, even the best of the best, but it's about how quickly you can turn that around and get back to it. And, and again, to your point, training is a big piece of it. Like we mentioned with the, the shooting machine, but just getting on the court, the more familiar you are with the basketball court in different situations and learning the game, watching film, you become more confident and confident in not only your ability to play the game, but understand the game. And, uh, when you understand the game, that brings confidence. And it's just like if you go to school and you're going to you're gonna take a test. If you try to cram pack and, and study for the test the night before, you're going to consume a lot of knowledge, but you won't be confident going into that test the next day because everything was too quick. You didn't take your time. You didn't actually do it. But if you've studied for a test for, you know, two weeks plus and you went over and over and over and over, you know, regardless of if you do good or not in that test, you'll still go into it confident. And that's the biggest piece of no matter what is happening on the floor, making shots, missing shots, you should remain the same. And to go to, to the second part of your question, you know, do I think AU is kind of killing that? You know, I think there's a hand in, in the way basketball is going in general that could be affecting that. And AU basketball has become, uh, you know, so important for, for parents right now and players and, and recruiting and all that type of stuff that it puts so much pressure on players to be successful and then also for parents uh, to believe that their kid needs to have a certain amount of success or play on a team or so on and so forth. And what happens is, in my opinion, a lot of kids want to play for, you know, maybe the best two teams in the state. That's their goal. And, and that's great. But, you know, not everybody can play on those teams. And oftentimes when a player gets put on a team that maybe is a little bit higher level for them or they're not ready to do and, and they feel great that they made the team, their confidence will go down because they may not be getting the minutes they may not um, you know, feel confident taking shots. They might fall into a lesser role. They might not even play. And so when those things happen, confidence goes down. Even though you're excited that you're playing on, on you know, a high-level team, confidence is going down. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the goal should always be for a parent and for a player to get better every single day. So it doesn't matter if you're playing on a mid-level AAU team or you don't play on the circuit. It's about getting better every single day. Because basketball is so open, so wide. There's so many ways to get seen and noticed that you don't have to be on the top two teams if it doesn't fit for you. You don't have to play on the circuit right off the bat if it doesn't if it doesn't fit for you. It's about developing and getting better over time. And if you do that, you're going to have a ton of confidence. Nice. You know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think you're absolutely right. You know, uh, I feel it. it I I get. I would say I get bothered. Let's put it that way. I go to, I go to games, we go to tournaments and some of the tournaments we do are, are pretty big. They're, they're not definitely on the AAU circuit. Um, but I'll, I usually bring a general, I bring seven players. Yeah. Okay. So like on my 13 new team, I have about 14 or 15, 13 year olds that we practice with. So we get to get those reps 
you know, in, in, in those uh, situations of like a four on four and a five on five, um, we get game like stuff going on. But when I go to a big tournament, I usually only bring seven kids. The reason why I bring seven is because I don't want little Johnny to look at me and go, dang, I must suck because I only got to play five minutes or right. I only got to play three minutes. And to me, that bothers me because I feel that that just that's a huge mental breakdown for a child. You didn't do anything wrong as a coach. You didn't do anything wrong as a parent. Um, but I feel that the parent that brought that eighth kid up and said, no, coach, I want my kid on the team. We want to come play. And if I don't get them in, well, you just did your kid a disservice because now they're going to drive back home wondering why they didn't play and how awful they are as a child or as a player. And for me, I see teams all the time. They bring up nine to 11 kids to tournaments. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're not <laughs> going to play all those kids. Right. Am I right? Right. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I would say the same. It's just, it's so hard to, to navigate through that and, and kudos to you as a, as a coach and, and, and talking through that and, and trying to understand um, you know, in your own self, like, how can I do what's best for each player on my team? And, you know, naturally on every single team, you're going to have players that um, excel or develop a little bit quicker. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about being a trainer or being a coach is trying to get those other players to catch up. And then once they start to catch up to get, you know, your higher level guys to you know, increase the gap. And then ultimately what happens is, is that brings everybody up to the next level. That's the difficult, but that's the cool part of the whole coaching journey. And, you know, it is difficult, you know, it, playing AU basketball when you don't have a ton of practice time, you're traveling a lot, uh, you're playing, you know, a ton of games and, and there's really no focus on team basketball. And, and it's just kind of, I want to do my best, take all the shots when I get out there, I want to be seen. It's really hard for players to develop, you know, who they are as a person on the basketball court. You know, it's very hard for them to just even develop, um, you know, their character and the confidence and all the small things that will ultimately make that player successful down the line. Um, and you can see it clear as day, you know, even even with guys that go to high level colleges and, and uh, make their way to the NBA. Even then at those levels, you can see the guys that are ready, that are prepared, that were well coached. You know, you have some guys that get to the Kentuckys and Kansases and they're freak athletes and and on the high school level, they were able to do a lot of different things, but they really weren't coached well. They get to those blue chip schools and and you know, they're not as as good as what people thought. And it's part of it is because of the whole AU, the whole way everything is working right now. And um, you know, it, it is a, it is a travesty in my opinion that that's the way that it is. And, you know, it's a machine. It'll never change, but you know, for the most part, but you know, what I always say is, is at the end of the day, you know, basketball, you know, for me, it's going to end at some point in time. So everything that you're doing, and it's cool that you mentioned the confidence piece, everything that you're doing with basketball is building you up to be something better the confidence to to do things that you don't feel you can do in life, you know, the consistency and persistence uh, that you need to have to excel at your job or in a relationship, um, you know, the problem solving that you'll need for school or with your, your kids or in any other life situations. You can learn all this stuff through sports and basketball. And so those are the things that I think now when I look back, 
you know, uh, that were some of the more important things that I actually learned in, in, I try to preach myself and, and, and hope other coaches see that because in reality, you know, out of the hundreds and hundreds of kids that are, are playing, a lot of them won't even play, you know, college basketball or, or for sure won't play professional basketball after that. So it's what you've taught them along the way and, you know, the memories that they create, you know, as they're going through that path in life. Yes. I, I love the fact that you, you honed in on the uh, fact that there's only – a certain amount of kids that go to a blue chip school and a lot of kids aren't going to play because in reality it's 1% right. that plays at the, at the next level that's college and then it's even lower at the professional level and i i really really think that parents and coaches on these club circuits or whatever need to tell these kids the yeah. truth a lot of these kids aren't going to gonna play at the next level either one they're gonna get burnt out two they're gonna get injured or three they're just not gonna be good enough and you need to home in on what's the next step what's more important like right now with my son all i talk to him about is hey look let's develop you into a great player let's have fun with it okay and let's just have fun playing high school that is it anything after high school bro is a bonus for sure for sure um so I just don't understand why I don't understand why parents and coaches end up giving these false hopes for kids sometimes. Like you're gonna play college, man. Little Johnny ain't playing college. Let's yeah, be real. no, not nothing. Nothing's promised. And you know, I was very blessed that I had a coach very, very early on that uh, was pretty straight up with me and. Um, you know, one thing I, I thought that he did that was awesome is, is he said, you know, for all you young kids, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. He said, you know, what's your, what's your ultimate goal? And I said, you know, I think my ultimate goal is, is to play in the NBA. I think any young kid, if they're playing basketball would say that. And he said, that's awesome. Now put that goal, put it in your head and it's there. But what you should do now is, is think about the next day the next step right and if you think about it that way every single time you achieve the next day the next step the next win the you know progress as a person you're going to feel so much more excited and satisfied with what you've done so that if your basketball career ends on the varsity level in high school you'll be happy and satisfied with all the things that you've done, the journey up into that point. And then if you're fortunate enough, like we were saying before, to go to college, a very small percent and play, when that ends, you'll be very satisfied and happy with your journey. And then again, that very, very small portion that plays professionally, same thing. But if you skip over each and every one of those days, that journey, that process to get there, the excitement that is involved in it, the the wins and all that type of stuff, you'll never be satisfied in your basketball journey. You'll always feel like you were incomplete or you didn't do a lot. And, you know, for me, when I retired personally, you know, I retired after four or five years of playing, didn't retire because I got injured, didn't retire because I didn't have an opportunity or I was old or anything like that. I retired on my own will. And part of that was because I wanted to do something different in my life. I wanted to change. I had a family, you know, there were so many different factors for why I did that. But 
I was okay with it because I was satisfied in what I got out of my basketball career. I, I honestly felt like I did more than even what others expected and even what I expected of myself. So I was happy. I, I didn't feel like I needed to play another 10 years and prove anything to anybody else. I was satisfied because that coach told me, remember the journey, enjoy the journey. And I did every single day, the work, every, all the wins, the relationships, me, you know, winning, winning 15 games, 20 games, scoring 10 points, 15 points. I enjoyed it all the ups and downs. And so when it was time for me to be done, I, I, I had a satisfaction. I felt okay with it. And then I just transitioned that same motivation into something different. And so to bring it all together, that's the, that's the type of thought process that a lot of these kids need to have, because like you said, when you overpromise them and tell them all these different things, they try to skip over high school. They try to skip over playing in the backyard with their friends or going to a weekend tournament. They try to skip over all these cool things that are happening in their life because they want to get to this end game end game goal that may not ever happen, you know? So, I mean, if you look at it that way, it's a great way to say, hey, you can have that goal. You can look at that as something cool that you want to achieve. But all the other things that you reach are going to be amazing along the way. Nice. I love that, Coach. What's a good age for a player to start training? Well, it, it, it all varies. I get this question a lot. And so I have uh, parents that will message me just right before the quarantine actually happened. I had a, I had a friend. Uh, said, hey, my kid, I think he's old enough to really start training. He's fourth grade, started playing a little bit AAU basketball. And I said, you know, in my opinion, that might be a little bit too young, but every person is different. So I said, hey, have him come in. Let's see. Let me ask him some questions and talk with him. And what I've always said is this, you know, if a player, if a kid on their own, not pushed, not coerced, says, you know what, I want to get with a coach or a trainer or I want somebody to push me harder because I really want to get better then that per that player is mentally ready to start training if a parent has to tell a kid that they need to go to training or that they should do training or that they want them to do training then in my opinion the kid is not ready right and I know some parents and people disagree like well I need to get that push I need to have that push there's a certain degree and level to that because again if a player and a kid does not love the game of basketball and they don't want to do it themselves, they'll never reach their full potential or they'll never go as far as they possibly can. And, you know, for me, I didn't have any of that when I was growing up. My father passed away when I was 11 years old and I, you know, had a wonderful mom and, and stepdad, but they, they didn't push me whatsoever. They didn't care if I played sports, anything. I did all of it on my own and I was in a unique situation, but I played basketball in the park. I played, you know, with my brother in the driveway. And then when I finally started playing organized basketball, it was even more fun. Like I enjoyed it. Then I wanted to get in the gym and then I wanted to train. And so I worked harder and harder and harder and harder because I loved the game. I actually did like it because nobody forced it on me. It was a choice of my own. It was a, it was a dream and a goal of my own. So I got better. And so what I tell parents is if, if you have, again, if you have a kid and every single time it's time to go to training, they're like, oh my gosh, I want to play video games or, oh my gosh, I want to do something else or, oh my basketball might not be the sport for them or training might not be the avenue that you take right away. Maybe it's just, Hey, do you want to get in the, in the driveway and get some shots up? Or, Hey, do you want to go to the park and play? 
and try to get competitive with them. And then once they start to get that love and that drive, then that training can kick in. And for every kid, it's a different age. Could be fourth grade. It could be sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. It doesn't matter because time is, is not as important as a lot of people think. People think if I don't start my kid training at fourth grade, they're not going to be, you know, um, you know, top level AU. They're not going to be an A team player. They're not going to do that's start playing basketball until they're 14, 15 years old and then become in a matter of two, three years, the highest recruited, the best players skills wise out there. And you want to know why? It's because they they put in way more time and effort in that short amount of time because they actually love it than a kid that's been training for 10 years or for playing for 10 years and that actually doesn't care about it. So again, it's on the, on the parent to understand their kid, their child, their player, when they're ready, when they want to do it. And then if they can give them that opportunity, I say, go for it. Oh man. I love that. I mean, I remember growing up and, and playing and it was, we just played one-on-one or two-on-two either, like you said, at the local park, or in my driveway, and whatever I saw on NBC yeah. TV, because that was the only time games were on, really weren't on ESPN yet. Uh, I, whatever I saw Gary Payton do, uh, whatever I saw MJ do, uh, I was trying to do the same thing. And it was, and it was always sometimes you didn't even see what they did which might have been cooler in the right. first quarter because you might have got up to get some water. You went to the bathroom. You went to go get some Doritos. You missed something, but then you caught something later and you were like, wow, that was really cool. Right. I need to work on that. And you just kind of perfected it on your own. And it probably looked completely awful for the right. first six months. But you desired it. But no one was. Right. But no one was telling me I was doing it wrong. No, my dad didn't go outside and say, oh, no, do it again. Work on that killer crossover again. No, I, I did not have that. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, for me, I tell my son all the time, just go out there and get up shots or just go go do what you want. Um, but I don't really I didn't really start homing in until I would say last year, which he's 12. And now we start to do a lot of film breakdown and, and we watch certain things. So, like, it was really cool uh, on Monday. One of my coaches. um that I, I did another podcast with, uh, he sent me a video of Steve Nash. And so I forwarded it to my son and said, hey, check this out. The amazing thing about it was we were driving. Now we're in this pandemic. Um, this was, I sent it to him probably Tuesday. So Wednesday we're driving, we're going to get, we're going to in and out. This is the first time our family has had a, an a journey outside of the house to actually get something else right. to eat other than at home. I take my kids to in and out. All of a sudden I hear my son in the back, back of the car. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> he's like screaming and yelling. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I'm watching that video you sent me mm-hmm. of Steve Nash. And it, he makes it look so easy. And I was like, I hadn't even seen the video yet. And so him and I later on that day, we watch it. And then I told him, okay, now you're watching him shake and bake. Now let's watch where the off ball is moving, right? The player is moving away from the ball to set up Steve Nash for that great pass. 
So I just think it's really cool that he was watching it on his own, but now he's 13 right. and he likes to do that. No, I mean, you're, you're, you're spot you know? on. And I'm, I'm glad that you highlighted that, that piece there with, he did it on his own because again, there's a lot of parents uh, and people that will say, you know, well, I would say parents, because when you get a coach, that's a coach's job to make, make sure that, you know, their player, they're getting the most out of their player. And that's where a player gets kind of that, critiquing and that most of that hard direction from oftentimes but a parent you know when you're in that situation and and you force something on your kid you need to watch this film you need to do this this is the only way you're going to get better it becomes almost like homework they don't want to do it but when they organically do it themselves if even if you plant the seed you know here's a video for you and you know and they decide to watch it on their own and they're like holy moly that's that's awesome that's really cool not only are they excited, but that gets you more excited because they're organically doing it. You're not forcing them to do it. They're going to enjoy that conversation with you about the game of basketball. And, and that's what parents want so badly, especially if you if you played or you're you're a parent coach or whatever it is. You want those organic, strong, powerful, fun conversations when a game is on the tv or they watch a video because that's where you can really teach and that's where you can really instill some stuff that you know that they're listening but again it has to come in that order if you force a kid to, to do it it's 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 not going to work and basketball is not like schoolwork. okay school and schoolwork, you know kids got to go to school they got to do their homework they got to do these things you know those are the type of things that parents you know, uh, to a certain degree, have to get on their kids about over and over and over and over. But basketball is an elective. It's a choice. It's it's a sport. It's it's not the end of the world if a kid doesn't do that. And, you know, I've had to tell myself that all the time with I got two little girls, um, you know, four and, and almost three. And then I have uh, my son who's two. And I always think to myself, well, gee whiz, what if none of my kids want to play basketball? And that was you know, basketball has been a huge part and still is of my life. You know, how am I going to handle that? And I've prepped myself for, you know, the chance that they want to do other things. But what I've realized is that my life, my journey, what I did is completely different than my kids. Now, if they want to try to start to play basketball, whenever that is, I will be able to provide them much more opportunity and knowledge than anybody was able to give me when I was young, because I've already worked through all of that. But again, I don't want to force it on them if they don't want it, because at the end of the day, it, it'll, it'll be a lose-lose situation for everybody. So, you know, that's cool that that that's happening for you and, you know, and your kid already of, of enjoying watching that film and organically getting to those conversations because that stuff starts to get really fun. Yeah, uh, it, it's really cool. One, like like you homed in on your daughters and, and, not, and your son not maybe not wanting to play. Um, I have a daughter and and she played one season of basketball, two seasons, excuse me. So she played for about six months. She wanted to try it out. Um, I, I asked her before, Hey, you should play. You should play. She always told me, no. Then she came up to me and said, I want to try it, man. I was, I was grinning from ear right. to ear. She tried, she played six months. She comes to me and goes, I'm not going to play anymore. I was like, Oh, but like you said, it's not, it's not her journey. You know, I mean, it's not my journey. It's her journey. She doesn't want to do that. She still wants to do her gymnastics and her, her hip hop dance and, and tumbling. And, and that's her. So I, Hey man, kudos to you. That's what you want to do, girl. We're going to go do it. I can't make you do right. that if you don't want to. No. 
same thing. I understand. With my son, which is really cool about this Steve Nash video, is he can do a behind-the-back pass yeah. with his right hand, right? Yesterday, we're teaching him how to do it left because he was watching Steve Nash. So he wants to learn. So him and I worked for about a half hour on this move, and uh, he was getting frustrated. He looks at me and goes, man, you're probably getting really mad at me. I go, why? He goes, well, I keep messing up. I keep throwing the ball wrong. I keep hitting it off my back. I go, I said, brother, this is a high-level pass you're trying to learn. I'm doing it with you. I'm doing it off the cut because if you're going to drive to the hole, big man uh, you know, comes from the weak side to stop you. You got to throw that pass like Steve Nash did in this video. I said, why would I get mad at you? I don't care if you, mi- if you mess up a thousand times today. I said, no one ever yeah. taught me how to do this. I had to do this on my own, just throwing it off of a garage door because I was just bored as all heck and right. I didn't want to be in the house. No. I'm all, you're... No, I was going to say, no, you're 100% right on that. I mean, what that is, is, is it's allowing the, the, the child or the player to work through adversity. Um, and, you know, in, in my training, I do that often where, you know, there's some trainers or coaches that will – uh, will beat a dead horse if you if you want to say it that way. Where if a player can't figure something out on spot then and there, they're going to keep hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, hitting them with it until they think that they can figure it out. And what I like to do is is I like to introduce you know new things to players that they want to try or or things that I feel will challenge them and give them an opportunity to learn it on spot and get their reps in and go on and go on and go on and go on. But once they reach a certain level of frustration, right? There's, there's an initial frustration of, I don't know it. I can't figure it out that I allow them to try to work through, but then there gets to a secondary frustration where they mentally start to shut down or uh, you know, it, it, it goes above and beyond. And when it gets to that point, I always tell them it's okay not to master it or be perfect in this moment. This is what's the cool thing about basketball is you can then go and train on your own and take your own time and work on it after you've decompressed or after you've thought about it a little bit more, had a drink of water, whatever the case may be, but you have more opportunity to do it. And I do that because it gives the player an opportunity to work through adversity. And that doesn't happen very much anymore for players. You know, one bad thing happens or they can't do something right or this, that, and so forth, their whole mindset, their whole, um, you know, their emotions, everything about them changes and shifts. And that's a big part of confidence as well. When you can overcome things like learning a new move or, um, you know, hitting five shots in a row or doing something that you haven't done before, learning something that you haven't learned before, it, al- it allows you to take your mindset within the game to a next level it's because you've overcome adversity and once you overcome adversity truly on your own you feel so much more powerful and strong in anything basketball school you know your relationship your job whatever it is you feel so much more powerful and strong and confident in yourself and so for me it's very important for young players when they come in uh, to help them understand that work through those type of things so that ultimately whether it's basketball or not they're going to have some success Nice. I love that. Do you feel that um, hoopers right now should be playing on a, uh, on a lower hoop? And at what age should it be? Yeah. So, you know, right now, um, you know, people vary on, on what they, what they think and what they believe in. And um, you know, I got, 
pluses and minuses for both. Okay. So when I do, you know, K through three training, um, you know, here in Minnesota, I love working with the tights. Um, you know, we have the rims obviously lower because they're not strong enough. They can't get it there. And all of the kids are using smaller balls as they progress to about fourth grade or so majority of them are using larger basketballs in, um, you know, the hoops are raised to 10. I've always told, uh, you know, parents this, especially with shooting. I think it's very important with shooting. If you give a player, um, you know, a regulation size basketball too early, you know, I'm talking about, uh, um, you know, like an NBA regular size basketball. If you give it to them too early, right. They're going to compensate in a lot of different ways to try to get that basketball up to an eight foot hoop, a nine foot hoop, a 10 foot hoop or whatever it is. So they may twerk their body in a different way. They may put their hands on the basketball a different way because they're trying to adjust for the fact that the basketball is just too big for them at that moment in time. Now, you can do that and have success. You just have to make sure if you're a parent or you're a coach or a trainer that you're adjusting and and watching and tracking that so that they don't develop bad habits. But if you're not able to do that, you're not knowledgeable or you don't care to do that, the best thing to do is, is try to start with a ball that's a little bit more fitting for the age of the child, even if they're, uh, you know, uh, you know, my, my son is two right now. He's got big hands for a two-year-old. He has little miniature basketballs and I start to put his hand on the basketball and it fits perfectly for proper form and everything on a small basketball. But if I did that on a large basketball, it would not. And so with shooting, which is in my opinion, the most important skill that you can have in, in basketball, I'm trying to help him build the mechanics of a good shot. And my kids, this is what I'll build the mechanics of a proper shot, the form, so on and so forth, so that when they start to get to uh, higher hoops and bigger basketballs, that that, um, you know, that rhythm and that muscle memory is there. And so, again, you can have success going both ways. I know I know trainers that have done the opposite. I know of trainers that have done it, you know, the way that I talk talk about it. Again, a lot of it depends on the player, but, you know, that's my thought process between it is, is that I want to develop as many good habits early on as possible so that those things don't have to be broken. They just get built on. Yes, I love that. That's huge. My wife used to scream at me because I would have my son do so much form shooting as a, as a younger player. And a lot of the times I was just making him do it in front of the hoop, not even going, not even shooting it into the rim because I wanted the success. And I, and it wasn't the fact that we were trying to make a basket. We right. were just trying to get the rhythm, right. You know, I love that. So what's, so what's new with so Dr. For Dish? us, um, I think since the last time we talked, we actually launched our Dr. Dish uh, home, which is actually a specifically designed machine for a home. Now, now, there's a lot of people that um, home buyers that have purchased one of our three commercial models. So our dark, our dark to dish all-star uh, pro rebel CT um, for home. But a lot of those machines we sell to, um, you know, high schools and colleges and NBA teams. And so what we started to see is more of an uptick of people purchasing these machines at home. Um, and if, if, if you've looked into, you know, some of the pricing of our machines and whatnot, you know, any shooting machine, anything like that is going to be, you know, uh, a little bit expensive. It's an investment like you talked about. And what we wanted to do was 
um, get an automated machine similar to our commercial models that, you know, the pro teams and, and pro players and everybody are using and make it, you know, more affordable for people at home and, and keep that experience and that training capability. And so what we did is we came out with our Dr. Dish Home, uh, which retails at uh, $29.95 and, and it has a, a membership, monthly membership that goes along with the mobile app included with it. And so um, we launched that, you know, over uh, Black Friday, Christmas, and, you know, we had X amount of machines and we, we sold out within a month, which was cool to see. Um, and then since then, we've still been selling and selling and selling that whole machine, uh, which will start to really ship here, um, you know, come June-ish. So it's been, it's been great to get those machines out, um, especially in a time like now, because they're so helpful for players to uh, work on, especially if, you know, uh, you know, you're not fully committed as a parent in saying, ah, I don't know if I want to spend, uh, you know, four or $5,000 or whatever it is on, on, uh, on a new machine, or I, I don't necessarily want to purchase a used machine right now. You know, this gives parents another option of, hey, this is a little bit more affordable. Um, you're still going to get, a, um, you know, all of the, the, the training and, and, and the shots and the repetition and all that stuff. Um, you know, just at a more affordable price. And so uh, I thought that that was really cool that, you know, we're constantly as a company looking to see how we can push the dial and how we can cater to all of the parents and players, um, you know, out there, because that's what our ultimate goal is, is we really truly want to help players get better um, with our with our equipment. And so, you know, we did that and, and some other cool things that we've been working on, you know, we're constantly partnering with new people, uh, creating new cool content that's featured on our machines, on our mobile apps, on our, you know, social channels um, that's available to players and parents all over the place. You know, if you're a parent that has played basketball and, and you're still hip to things and, you know, you're knowledgeable, um, it's still cool to learn from some of the best trainers, you know, out there. And if you're a player and, or a parent that has never really played and you're looking for, uh, you know, some direction or, or some advice on what to do with your kid, we have it available there too. So anywhere from, you know, NBA trainer content to um, our in-house Dr. Dish trainers that work in, in our local area in Minnesota in the Midwest to we have, we've partnered with colleges like Duke and uh, UNLV, uh, Florida. I mean, I can go on and on that they have specific individual player drills or team drills that they do at the colleges that are available on the machine. So Again, we just want to give players, parents, coaches every opportunity in any situation to get better. And we're not going to tell you which one, you know, necessarily that you should do or you should go, whether you should learn, you know, this move or if you should work on the basics. We want to provide it and allow the player to explore, allow the parents to, to figure out that pathway that they want to go to. And, you know, within our systems, too, if, if there's something specific that a player wants to work on through our training management system, they can go in, they can start a program, they can work on their ball handling, their shooting, their conditioning, so on and so forth. So, you know, the biggest thing is we're continuing to innovate as a company, continue to try to get better and, and listen to the coaches and players on what they want to do, you know, in the basketball world. Nice. Now, with this, like you said, you, you're working with multiple uh, trainers. You got people from DJ Sackman, my boy Jordan Lolly, that we have the pleasure to work out with all the time because we're in Southern, Southern California. 
Um, my other good friend, yeah. uh, Ryan Rizuki, we're at, we're super local with him. Um, Mike Dunn, how important or not, let's say not important, but what is the like sauce that they bring? Like everybody's completely yeah, no, that different was as one a trainer. Of the things that we wanted to do as a company. And I think that was one of the things that we talked with, uh, each of those guys when we started working with them and having them jump on board is that, you know, every trainer, every coach is different. They bring a different vibe, a different feeling. They focus on different things because they, as a player, um, are different than other people. And, you know, every coach or trainer is able to explain things in their own way differently. And, you know, you may have a kid that goes, you know, and and looks at some of, of the Jordan Lolly stuff and says, you know what? I absolutely love that. That resonates with me. That fits. These are the things that I want to do. Let me go try it. But they may look at another trainer and say, hey, you know what? That that doesn't vibe with me. That doesn't flow because every person is different. So what we wanted to do is say, hey, we want all the trainers to be themselves and do what they do, teach the way they want to teach. Um, as long, obviously, as as it, it's it's within what we feel the basketball realm is and be the person that they are and give the players, the parents, the coaches an opportunity to pick and choose, you know, who they want to, they want to work with, what they want to do. Because again, as you know, every player is different. You know, when I have kids come and train with me, there's some kids that I'm hard on, that I'm pushing, that I'm going to, I'm going to give them a little bit of a nudge here or there because I know that they can take it. I know that they can hear it. I know they can understand it. And I know they can work through it. But then there's other kids that come where I'm like, you know what? I can't do any of that stuff. I got to be more positive. I got to I gotta speak a little bit differently. I got to break it down a little bit differently because they learn different. And mm -hmm. the best trainers have figured that out, is that there isn't just one way to do things, especially at the youth level. So, again, what we wanted to do is get coaches, get trainers on there that you know, a player could could say, hey, this resonates with me. I love this stuff. This is different from what Jordan does is different from DJ. DJ is different from Drew. Drew's different from Mike. Mike's different from Ryan. You know, they're all different from me. We all do things differently, but we all understand basketball at a high level. And we've all had success at a high level. So, you know, whoever you choose, whatever path you go down, you're going to find some really good nuggets in there. And, you know, you're going to find success within it as well. Nice. Who is your favorite trainer to work with since you've been all you over the what? country? You know what? All of the guys we work with are absolutely amazing. So everybody we partner with at Dr. Dish stands for what we stand for. We don't work with people uh, because of necessarily clout or anything like that. I mean, obviously that stuff helps in the, the social media day, but we always have conversations and we meet with these people to make sure that they're actually generally good people. And I've had a chance to meet all of the guys, obviously work with all the guys, all the guys in multiple ways, whether that's on the court training, um, whether that's in the dish lab filming or in their facilities uh, with pro players, whatever it is. And all of them uh, are successful because they're amazing people. And that always comes first and foremost. You know, we went down and we visited Ryan Rizuki, absolutely amazing guy. He's maximizing the space and in, in the area that he has down there. He's wanting to learn the game of basketball, has incredible stories about his journey, his life, his training, 
which is just amazing. And then you go and you speak with a guy like Jordan, who, you know, uh, was a, a fantastic college basketball player, had a chance to play professionally a little bit and works with a lot of high level guys and, you know, uh, went through his issue with with his brain and surgery and all that and, and overcome that fantastic guy. And then you have DJ, who, you know, is is a real savvy guy. You know, he's got some really good swag to him, um, very knowledgeable, but he presents himself a little bit different, but still amazing person. All these guys have those qualities at hand, and that's what we look for. And for me, I enjoy it so much because I also get an opportunity to learn from these guys, but just to see how they navigate, how they teach, how they work around, how they've become successful is really cool to see. So those are the type of people that we absolutely love to work with. Um, you know, people including yourself jumping on the podcast. It's always fun talking with you because you know, you have your head on the right way. You're seeing things straight. You're doing things for the right reason. And when you do that, great things happen. Great conversation happens. Um, and, and that's what we're about at Dr. Dish Basketball. Oh, man, thank you very much. I love that. I'm very, very blessed. I tell my son this all the time, and he knows it. We are truly blessed to have, for one, we see Ryan on, on a weekly basis, like, a few times a week. And, and he's been a part of uh, my son Elijah's basketball journey since Elijah stepped right. into a gym, which is amazing. Um, two, we are super blessed that we have Jordan Lolly. We go and see Jordan every other week on a regular basis. And to have those two guys in my son's life as, as coaches and as mentors, I couldn't ask for anything else. You know, I I'm truly blessed in that, in that aspect. Um, what is the funniest Thing that's ever happened with one of these trainers you know what uh I'll, I'll i'll i think i have a couple off the top of my head so i remember the first time uh we went out to dj's facility um and some of the other guys will joke about this too but we went out to dj sackman's facility to do some filming and to do some work out there um fillet actually was there too i believe that first time we went out there but um i remember him going through a lot of the drills and uh and when we were filming and his hair, if you've ever seen his hair, it's almost like a Clark Kent hairstyle. He has like this crazy flow going on the top, um, which is crazy. But <laughs> the entire time through the drill, it really wasn't moving that much. Like he was moving fast and like working hard and sweating and whatnot. And he would keep moving his hand through his hair and adjusting it and whatnot, trying to a little bit. Um, and I'm thinking like, man, dude's hair is like, it's like perfect the entire time. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, halfway through, he was like, man, my hands are super sticky right now because of this product in my hair. And I thought it was the funniest thing. Cause I'm like, he's trying to work through this whole thing. He's got, you know, whatever it is, gel or hairspray or whatever, you know, he uses on his hair. It's sticking on his hand. You know, he, he you know, it just, the whole thing was just hilarious to me. Uh, but it brings out the personality and humility of the person and and that was one of the first times you know um i met him i know like for example uh even with with jordan um you know working with him has been fantastic too going to to his facility but the first time we went out there and filmed um they had a really really bad like dust storm or something that came through um and i think that they deal with that over there a little bit uh, obviously in Minnesota, we don't have anything like that, but when we came and, and we were getting ready to film, we walked in and there was literally a layer of dirt 
on the floor, like dust on the floor. And he was in there with, you know, um, you know, all those guys, Spencer and all those guys, you know, uh, feverishly trying to wipe up the floor and get it ready so that we had like half of a court clean. And they were going over with a Swiffer and a broom and towels and everything. And um, I just, you know, that was the first time we met him and, and it was just one of those weird situations where you, you can only look back and laugh on it. And, and we ended up figuring out getting it cleaned and he was going through the drills, slipping and sliding everywhere, but did a fantastic job. So, you know, those are two, uh, you know, stories that really stand out to me about those guys, partly because it was like the first time I met them. Uh, but, you know, they're all characters, man. They all got great personalities. And w- when we get with those guys, um, you know, including like Mike Dunn and, you know, it's just a, it's just a show, man. They're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> the handsome, the handsome one. one. <laughs> I love, I love having him on my show, man. He's a lot of fun to talk to as well. Um, last question before we let you go um as of right now what should kids focus on what should be the most important thing they should focus on right now well obviously you want to continue to train as best as you can but the thing that i've been saying lately is self-evaluation um you know i think that that's for everybody not even basketball players but specifically for basketball self-evaluation and in who you want to be the type of player and who you are currently i think with the flow of school and friends and play and uh basketball travel and games and all that type of stuff life moves really really fast and sometimes you don't have a time to self-reflect uh on who you are as a person or what you want to do and I think it's a powerful time for players because they're not able to go out and run around with their friends as much or go to the gym or interact with a ton of people it's a great opportunity for them to look at themselves and say what can I be better at What am I good at right now that I want to continue to increase my skill on? What are some cool things that I can look forward to? You know, just really getting into their own head and understanding who they are as a person and a basketball player, because that's ultimately where it starts the mental piece. And this is the time to do it because it's available. And if players can build that, you know, right now, get strong in that, figure out what they want to do when the, when the, the social distancing and the quarantine is lifted, they're going to have so much energy, so much fire to get out there and do that, uh, that they won't know what to do. But they'll have the mental aspect down and they'll, they'll have a path and a plan uh, and a goal that they want to achieve. So that, that would be the, the number one thing I would say. And then obviously, you know, anything that you can do at home with working on your form shooting, your ball handling, staying conditioned, um, your strength. I mean, there's so many things that you can do at home and, and all the trainers that we work with. Um, you know, and even including ourselves, uh, you know, there's so many things that you can do. You're not limited. So working on, on self-evaluation, I think, is, is number one. Oh, dude, that's that's awesome. I, yes, I love it. I love it. Well, Coach, thank you so much. You brought heat. You threw a bunch of assists on your knowledge that you spoke today. I love it. Thank yeah, I you definitely so much appreciate you uh, taking the time to jump on me. You know, I, I love what you do. Keep trucking along and, and thanks for having me. <laughs>